Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Oh, it's really a, a Giants Monday after a terrible loss yesterday to the Carolina Panthers. Maybe not terrible. They played better, but just heartbreaking to lose it in the fashion that they did. And it dropped now to 1-4, and four, losing on a 63-yard field goal. And their playoff hopes, that heartbeat is not very loud at the moment. And as we have seen with this team in the past, when things aren't going well, and we certainly saw it last year, does this team have the ability to pick themselves up by the bootstraps and refocus? Because last year, that didn't happen. And it was all put on Ben McAdoo. And now you have similar players on this team, uh, and a situation that is every bit as dire as it was last year when you look at the standings. And will this team respond differently? Maybe that's what Odell Beckham Jr. was trying to get across when he gave a very open interview uh, to ESPN that we saw a chunk of this weekend. In fact, the six and a half minutes or so that it's on YouTube right now, according to Sports Illustrated, uh, ESPN, it's a much more far-ranging interview. You have about an hour of Odell with Lil Wayne. Uh, They're both from the same area code in Louisiana. And they get much more in depth on Odell Beckham Jr.'s return, um, you know their relationship and and some aspects of, of Little Wayne's musical career. So uh, they're eventually the whole thing will be put up onto YouTube apparently. Uh, and you do wonder is that going to create another wave? You think not? And you think we saw um, and heard the most key of what Odell Beckham Jr. had to say as far as the Giants are concerned. And if you missed some of it, um, I feel like Odell Beckham Jr. is trying to step up as a leader and to change some aspects of the Giants, change some things that went wrong culturally for this team in recent years, but doesn't yet know how to go about it. And this was Beckham's message on his use as well as what he wants uh, emotionally from his teammates. How come we can't throw the ball for more than 20 yards? How come we don't attempt or try to throw the ball for more than 20 yards? Those are questions that, that we have to figure out. But for now, I would say it's, it's our heart. It's our energy. It's, it's what we bring when we line up before the game. All of that, it counts. So he cares about his use. Clearly, he wants 20 targets a game. He said another point in the interview. But he wants to see more heart from his teammates. And we know Odell Beckham Jr., he plays with emotion. He plays with heart. A lot of times it's out of control. I like what we've seen from him on the field this year. Coming back from injury, he doesn't look like he's really lost a step. Uh, he looks like he is fine and you know, clearly put in the work necessary to come back from that kind of injury. Um he hasn't done anything dumb on the field that you know, garners a penalty, whether it be a celebration, whether it be uh, losing his composure. Uh, I, I think that he has, in some ways, what we could see on the field at least, grown up. And, and I think this interview, he's trying to lead, and he just goes about it the wrong way. You don't lead your team through the media and through an interview like this flanked by Lil Wayne that's not the way uh, that you want to try to put your team in a better spot it again creates 
distraction, which is often an overused term. But you think that his teammates are looking at this interview and saying, hey, he's leading the way. Now, maybe it opens a conversation, and Odell Beckham Jr. did finally have that conversation with his team on Saturday night. And he apologized for some of what he had said. Even though after the game yesterday, he said he had no regrets. Um, But uh, for Beckham, I think if you want to lead, you got to keep that stuff in-house. And you don't have to show the world that you you were leading and, and doing these kinds of things. You could do it on your own. You could talk to your team yourself. He's not the backup left tackle. He is the highest paid player on the team. Uh, he just signed a huge contract. He's as talented as anybody in that group. And if he wants to address the team himself, he can do that. And that is how uh, you win some guys over, you would hope. Not going on TV uh, to lob these kinds of things. And when you do it in a TV interview, you end up going to areas that you otherwise wouldn't. If you address the team yourself, hey, you control the message, right? You talk about what you want to talk about. You want to talk about heart? You talk about that. You want to talk about uh, the coach not scheming you open enough? You talk about that. When you do the interview like he did yesterday, other things come up. Like, is he happy in New York? It's a tough question. Um... Obviously, you know, I love I love seeing the sunshine all the time. I love being in L.A. I just like that atmosphere. But this is where I'm at. This is where I'll be at. What was interesting about having Lil Wayne in there is Lil Wayne reacts to everything that Odell Beckham Jr. says. And sometimes you could audibly hear it. What you couldn't hear there was when Beckham is asked that question and starts to answer it, Lil Wayne, who has clearly spoken about these kinds of things with Beckham, puts his head in his hands and reacts right away. So you know this is something that they've discussed, that this isn't maybe the dream spot for Odell Beckham. Remember this offseason, all the rumors about him being sent to the L.A. Rams, and now he's talking about L.A. again? Really unprompted in terms of talking about anywhere else. You just signed a monster deal with the New York Giants. Why wouldn't this be where you want to be? And then... The issues with Eli Manning, where Beckham was asked point blank, do the Giants have an issue at quarterback? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like he, he's not going to get out the pocket. He's not. We, we know Eli's not running. But is it a matter of time issue? Can can he still throw it? Yeah, it's been pretty safe. It's been you know cool catching a shallow and trying to take it to the house. But I'm you know I want to I want to go over the top of somebody. Lil Wayne knows Eli ain't running. Hear him with a little mm-hmm after that. Uh, but basically not willing to answer. The I don't know tells you all you need to know about Odell Beckham Jr.'s level of faith in Eli Manning at this point in time. And that is, it can be problematic. Now, Eli, for his, uh, his part, uh, he's not getting involved in this. He's been around the block plenty. I think that this is a guy who's pretty secure at this point with what his legacy is. And even when he was younger, he was never into scrapping with people publicly. And he's been criticized by teammates before. Uh, We remember this with uh, Strahan and Tiki and some of his former teammates before he won that first Super Bowl. So this was Eli 
trying to calm things down a bit when he was asked to respond to what Odell Beckham Jr. had to say. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't watch Little Wayne uh, much, and so, um, you know, so I missed a lot of them. Um, but um, you know, I think, I think, you know, we uh, coach handled the situation well. I think Odell, you know, having him address the team and just, uh, you know, kind of clean, you know, setting setting the record straight uh, from his point of view, and I think that was smart and 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 big by him to you know get in that situation and kind of own up to you know what was going on and just kind of set set the record straight so we can just you know. You know, avoid the distractions, avoid you know this and that, and just worry about playing. And so you hear from Eli Manning again, polished veteran. He is going to minimize this as much as he can. You're never going to get the kind of open and honest answers out of Eli Manning that you get out of Odell Beckham Jr. But the little joke that Eli made, there's something to that. I don't watch Lil Wayne. Uh, Yes, it does get everybody to laugh, calms things down a little bit, see everything's fine. But also, again, if Odell Beckham Jr. wants to be a leader for that team, you're not going to be taken seriously in that way sitting next to Lil Wayne. You have to do that on your own. And maybe he made it right on Saturday when he dressed the team. But that's how he should have started it. And he said some things that did need to be said. The Giants do have to scheme things better for him and this offense overall. Eli Manning is a problem for this Giants offense, as has been evident over the last couple of years. There's quite a bit of truth in that interview from Odell, but does it help the team to go about it in the way that he did? Keep it in-house. That's the step that you want to see Odell Beckham Jr. take. You do it next, sit next to Lil Wayne and does not come across that same way. 800-321-0710. Again, 800-321-0710. Uh, the Dodgers just finished off the Atlanta Braves, so they are moving on to the NLCS. It will be Dodgers Brewers there. We know the Astros are through as well in the American League, and the Yankees Red Sox uh, still with plenty of work to do. The Red Sox right now with a one nothing lead in the second inning. And uh, still two more games need to be won there. So it will be uh, Yankees-Red Sox holding the baseball world hostage for at least the next couple of days here as everything else in the divisional round of the MLB playoffs has been wrapped up very early here in 2018. Again, 800-321-0710. Alex Bregman with some strong statements after the Astros win over the Indians, pull it off a sweep. We'll tell you about them when we come back. It's a Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Two choices. 710 WOR. Putting you back into the Sports Zone. With Pete McCarthy. Well, the Giants, it'll appear, uh, will be playing for their season on Thursday. And the Yankees might be playing for their season soon as well. Uh, the Yankees trailing one nothing to the Boston Red Sox. Still very early, uh, bottom of the second inning. Uh, but, you know, these best of five series, they move fast. And you could be in a great spot like the Yankees appear to be coming into tonight, having split at Fenway Park and find yourself on the precipice just like that. And uh, we'll uh, keep you updated on how things develop there with the Yankees. Uh, elsewhere tonight in baseball, the Astros already wrapped up a sweep of the Cleveland Indians and I thought 
those are the two best teams remaining in this playoff bracket. I, I would pick either of those teams if they had gotten through to win the World Series. I, I'd pick the Indians. The Astros won it, uh, and I think the Astros now are the most likely team to win the World Series. That, to me, was a huge series, and the Astros just demolished uh, the Indians throughout. They did it today. They did it over the course of this three-game series. And it was interesting, as good as those two teams are, now, I'm not the only one uh, who thinks that those are the two best teams that were in this playoff field. You probably didn't see a whole lot of Astros Indians because you were at work. Uh, they did not get the primetime treatment. They were on during the day all three games because Yankees Red Sox is going to carry primetime. And we know why that is. It's not just the historic rivalry. It's the size of the markets. It's you know baseball craze, New York, baseball frenzy, Boston. That's going to be part of it. Those guys are always going to be the ones that the TV people want in primetime. But that is something that did not go unnoticed by the Astros' Alex Bregman uh, when he was speaking with MLB Network's Heidi Watney postgame. I got one more thing to say. Does... Does Tiger Woods tee off at 8 a.m. when he's going to win a master? Does Floyd Mayweather uh, fight the first fight of the night? No, he's the main event, right? So the Strohs need to be playing primetime television at 7 p.m., so we're looking forward to playing primetime television in ALCS. You're just showing people you're ready for the main event. We're showing people. No, they've already won it. (laughs) They're the defending champs. Uh, And Alex Bregman shooting his shot. Right then and there, live uh, on the air, uh, apparently. And I'm telling you, the Astros last year, they were kind of that young, upstart, surprise team. That was the fun storyline that years earlier, Sports Illustrated had put them on the cover and said, hey, these are your World Series champs of 2017. And they actually lived it out. They're going to make the heel turn. Here, I said this months ago. It's a cocky team. It's a team that believes in its own talent. And that's great. It can help you win. The 86 Mets certainly believed in their own talent. Didn't mind saying as much. But that Astros team, I think, is going to start to wear some people out as it gets deeper into this postseason. From the dugout home run celebrations which can be funny, but after a while, it gets a little more tired. Um, They are going, I'm telling you, they're going to be like the Warriors. Where the Warriors early on, they were this amazing team to watch, playing basketball in a way that you just hadn't seen very often. Up and down the floor, they're looking to score, they're popping threes left and right. And even before Kevin Durant got there, they became unlikable. Draymond Green, some of the things that he did in games, going after guys' junks, things like that, they were unlikable and kind of took away that Cinderella-ish aura around the team. And listen, they're not really Cinderella's, neither are the Astros. They're amazingly talented, but it it took you a little while to see it all as a young team growing. And the Astros, they're going to be monsters in this league for a long time. And they might not be the most popular as it goes along here. And listen, a guy like Alex Bregman, 
you love him or you hate him, right? The guy who's brash, who's willing to say it. And he was like a, a lot of players that have come up through the ranks over the last five to ten years in baseball, where he's a middle infielder, he's a short guy, so who does he automatically get compared to? Dustin Pedroia. Every undersized middle infielder in America gets compared to Dustin Pedroia at some point. There's like so many right-handed pitchers that are undersized. They get the Pedro Martinez comp. Rafael Montero got a Pedro Martinez comp at one point. Nothing close. Um, but Bregman, there is a lot of Dustin Pedroia in there for him. And him being willing to speak up, to be the uber-confident guy, to say, hey, the champs, Play it at prime time. We should be playing at prime time. Not afraid to do that. Not only did he say that much. Afterwards, in a, the press conference, he said, "To be honest with you, with Jose Altuve going down, George Springer goes down, Carlos Correa goes down, and we win 103 games. If those three don't go down and play a full season, you're looking at the most wins in the history of the game. Be honest, you are." And apparently turned to an Astros staffer and said, am I wrong? And the staffer said, you're wrong, but I love you. <laughs> uh, and Anthony Kastrovitz of MLB.com shared that. Uh, but Bregman, he's, he's willing to say it and, and put himself out there a, a little bit. And I'll be interested as we go you know, further down the road this postseason and the Astros are once again in that spotlight are they still the plucky underdog story like they were to some degree last season, being a young team that hadn't been on that stage in a long time, certainly not with that group, playing the Yankees in the ALCS? In that series, if it's Astros-Yankees again, it could have a totally different feel than last year. So the Astros are are moving down that path where you go from you know being the young guy, making your way up, you win a championship, the young team there, and everybody digs it and likes it and supports it, and then you're there a couple of years longer, and all of a sudden you become the bad guys. It happens to a lot of teams. It happens to a lot of dynasties. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that's on the line here for the Houston Astros over the course of these next few weeks. But a tremendous showing for them, sweeping the Cleveland Indians, and now they'll have some time to await the winner of the Yankees and Red Sox, a series that could go as late as Thursday. So you're not starting up that LCS till uh, I guess at least Saturday, maybe even Sunday. I have to double check what the schedule says on that. Um so the Astros are going to have some time here. That's often something that you don't want in the postseason. But they can let the Yankees and Red Sox beat up on each other for a, a little while and uh, we'll see how all that shakes out. The Red Sox with a one nothing lead. Uh, still early, as you might guess, the Yankee Red Sox game in the bottom of the second inning. 800-321-0710. Uh, Producer Ray will share some oddities, some of the smaller stories in the sports world when we come back. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Oh, we've touched on the big things happening in New York sports. Uh, the Mets general manager hunt, the Giants disastrous Sunday and weekend, and all that swirling around them with Odell Beckham Jr. The Jets win over the uh, Denver Broncos, much, much more. But 
Uh, let's hit uh, some of the smaller stories, some oddities with producer Ray. How are we doing, Ray? We are good. We are good right now. One nothing in the Bronx. Late Great. last week. Uh, yep. So you're up there in New England seeing your Patriots against the Colts. One, one thing I want to mention, I, I've seen a lot on Twitter tonight talking about how loud Yankee Stadium is, and, and I'm heading there after the game, after we're done with the show, heading up there to catch the end of that game. Uh, they were talking about how Fenway on Friday night and Saturday was not as loud as they expected, and I completely agree. It was, a very, it was not as loud as I would expect a Yankee Red Sox series to be. Why would that be? I don't know if it's the nervous energy. I don't know if it's just the fact that you know most Red Sox fans, even even our age, uh, old, younger than us, uh, think still have that feeling of you know uh, somehow we're going to mess this up. And the bullpen, the fact the bullpen, just well, the bullpen stinks. is a mess. You literally yeah. have to. You don't trust anything no. until Craig Kimbrell comes in, not, and not then you a- hope it's locked down. But every out before that, you're playing for survival essentially it's a mess how bad is the bullpen they announced that uh, david price is available to pitch today that's a disaster <laughs> i just saw when david price was announced because they re-announced all the teams when they play that first playoff game in a new park when david price was announced he got a rousing ovation <laughs> right. from yankees fans He's how been could that he bad not the guy, over the years the guy's like pouring gas on the fire it's like mm. it's like in the old days before peyton finally turned around when peyton manny would come into foxborough and get a standing ovation they loved him because they always beat mm. him i mean it's the way it was well i got a football story i got a uh basketball story i got an alternative story and i got one that's a dear to my heart at the end so uh which one would you like me to start off with the first one. Okay, we'll start <laughs> off with a uh, with our football story. Uh, you, you got the season tickets this year, right? I do. Did you save up? Did you save up to like put the money away? No. No. Oh, all right. Well, uh, Utah. I've paid for them yet. So Utah that's looking to go uh, University of Utah. Now that's not the uh, that's Boise State. So it's the other one, the Utah Utes. I believe I believe is what they are. Saved up all their money, put it in an envelope, thousand sixty dollars, and uh, they got ready for their season tickets to uh, Utah. One problem, they lost the envelope. You know, they just knew nobody had stolen it, but they found out. Uh, they discovered that their two-year-old son, Leo, had uh, used the envelope and its contents to try out the brand new shredder. Ooh. So they Is that shred- cash? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, guess what? Uh, $1,060 were shredded through. And, uh, what Can't the, scotch the, tape that together? No, but the good thing is, uh, this is good, he called the U.S. Department of Treasury. Uh, it won't be ready in time for football tickets, but he said... Put it in a Ziploc, send it to us registered, uh, and in one to two years, you'll get your money back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Government, baby. There one to go. two years? I, I guess I'm kind of surprised they would refund it anyway. Right. But well, if you're going to do it, why does it take so long? I have been long? told this, and it's true. If you have 51% of any bill, you mail it to the Department of Treasury with a return address, they're going to mail you back a new one. That's all you have to do. 51%. That's the way it is. Uh, a little basketball story here, but it also has a little football thing to it. Uh, are we going to tailgate this year for Jets, uh, Jets, uh, Patriots? You going to invite me? Sure. You sure you're going to invite me? Yeah. You're positive. Why? Okay. Well, the uh, University of Central Florida basketball redshirt junior, Rokas Yulvitis, I'm going to try to say that right. Uh, he was arrested late Saturday night, misdemeanor first degree battery charges in Orlando. The 23 year old Lithuanian citizen allegedly made death threats to his roommate at their apartment. Uh, this all stemmed over the fact that uh, uh, he walked by them at the tailgate and they didn't say hello to him Aww. or invite him over. Aww. Had his feelings hurt that yes. bad? So. Uh, if you don't say hi to me, I'll blank, blank, kill you. That's uh, what he said. Is that what you're inferring to me now? 
No, no, but I just, I just wonder if that's I, what I feel you know, like I, this I, whole story I mean, is you know, about. Maybe you if know. you don't get invited, I'm going to be threatened, and now you're taking notes. Yeah, you from might just Rokas you know here. you might just want to uh, make sure I get invited to that tailgate. Maybe you know. It's a good thing we got this recorded. If something happens, hey, hey, you know, there we go. A uh, little alternative sports here. Um, uh, a main couple won 12 cases of beer. That's a heck of a thing. And what was this? It was the North American Wife Carrying Championship. <laughs> what specifically do you have to do? Jesse Wall and Christine Arsenault, who have been participating in the annual event for seven, several years, uh, came out on top before. They've, they have, they've done it before. They are uh, 35 couples participating in the unusual race Saturday and finished the final round. Uh, I guess they got to carry the wife around in a, it's an obstacle course. 58.72 seconds. And then... And I take this as Christine. Yes, you win the wife's weight in beer, which is 12 cases. Hmm. You also get five times the weight in cash as well. So there's that too. But uh, what would you rather have, the beer or the uh, or the cash? Or uh, would uh, would the wife not be into this type of thing, you think? Uh, beer would be fine. Beer would be fine? I'll take the beer. Okay. And certainly this one near and dear to my heart right now. Um Popeyes, you know, I, I've had that quite a few times here at the uh, just at the a, just a few a few times. Uh, well, they're opening their three thousandth restaurant, and they are now ha- going to have twenty four karat gold champagne wings. That's right, wings with gold. You can get them at the Popeyes. Ten dollars. What what is gold wings? It's it is a uh, battered in champagne and covered with twenty four karat gold flakes. Available at select stores nationwide. Would you want to eat that? Do you want to eat? Popeyes gold? is already fantastic as it is. Add gold to it. Can it get any better than that? Yeah, I don't want gold on my food. It's supposedly pretty good. I like it. I like the idea. Have you, have you tasted gold before? I mean, you know what? Can it? You think about it. I love it. I, I love the. I, you know, I know <laughs> gold has a lot of uses, but uh, I think you know it, it, on it, my it, fried chicken is not. High on the list. I want to give it a try. I want to. No, I don't know if our local no one will have it, but uh, that's uh, definite something uh, that that to me. If you know, I think I think that chicken is phenomenal. It's Love a that fried chicken. Food, they say. So you want it, but you know. fried food with gold flakes. I, I don't. I don't see the allure. I you know. I just want to give it a try. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So that's my oddities for today. There, there were some oddities in there. Certainly. Uh, all right, producer Ray. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, gold flavored chicken. I'll, uh, I'll I'll take a pass for now. But uh, that's where you're sitting at. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Again, eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. We'll have more on the Mets general manager hunt as well as you know, dive into these MLB playoffs with Jim Duquette, uh, former Mets GM and uh, now SNY Sirius XM. So he'll be with us uh, tomorrow on the show. Look forward to that. And uh, again, we take some calls as. We uh, take it home here coming up, 800-321-0710. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Well, the Yankees now trailing the Red Sox 3 to nothing in the bottom of the third inning. And one thing you notice in these postseason games is that when a pitcher doesn't have it, typically he is pulled right away and that was something that Aaron Boone did not do tonight uh, with Luis Severino and sometimes that faith pays off like it did for say the Mets game one of the division series against the Dodgers in 2015 or game five I should say when Jacob DeGrom was really struggling early Terry Collins stuck with him and all of a sudden DeGrom was able to get through six innings Uh, but tonight for the Yankees 
I think they are they they want so badly to get innings out of Severino because they don't have full faith in CC Sabathia, who they name their game four starter tomorrow, and and they're trying to get him through uh, this game where you got to be aggressive taking your pitcher out if you see that he does not have it. And uh, Luis Severino, this is not the kind of dominant performance that he had, uh, at least in the early going in that wild card game against the Oakland A's, was able to rack up quite a few strikeouts uh, in those early innings. Uh, as for yeah, the rest of the league around the NFL, we got into the Jets' big win over the Broncos, and now you know, how they have to try to maintain it and do it for a second time. Uh, what's going on with the Giants where it is, it's always drama around Odell Beckham Jr. and more of that this weekend, even if his heart is in the right place and he's trying to do the right things and I think just going about it the wrong way. One thing you saw around the league yesterday was what winning teams are willing to do decision time late in games, and specifically on fourth down. Uh, I thought there were two great examples yesterday, one being the Los Angeles Rams, who have looked like the best team in football. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks. They're ahead 33-31 in the fourth quarter. They end up in a fourth-and-one situation late in the game, minute and a half on the clock. Seattle calls timeout. The Rams players are saying, we want to go for it. We want to go for it. And Tim McVeigh considers it and then decides, you know what? You guys want it? You get it. Fourth down and one, own territory, up two. And the Rams decided, hey, we get this first down, game over, we win. Love that. Call QB sneak, Jared Goff picks it up. Game over. They can kneel out the rest of that clock. That's aggressiveness. Most teams in the league, it's been a forever decision. You punt. You try to hold on to the field position. You make the Seahawks go, what would it be, 40, 50 yards probably to get into field goal range. And how often do we see, especially in today's NFL, where all of the rules are so far in favor of the offenses. It had been a high-scoring game. Seattle already scored 31 points. Do you really want to depend on your defense to make a big spot, stop, make a big turnover? That's tough to do. The offenses have all of the advantages. So why not use your offense to win a game? And the Rams able to do just that yesterday. And every decision that McVay makes seems to turn out positive for the Rams. They are off to a phenomenal start this season, building off of their first real good season last year, and it shows just the kind of difference that a head coach can make. Yeah, they got a lot of talent that they've added over the course of this season, but look at how Jared Goff, he looked like a bust the first year as the number 1 overall pick with Jeff Fisher as his head coach. McVay comes in. And all of a sudden, they've got a modern-day offense. Goff is slinging it to a host of different receivers, and everything looks easy. And Goff looks phenomenal. Everybody plays up. The coach makes a huge difference in the NFL. And that aggressiveness, the faith in your team, you love it. Win it on offense. If you could do that, the rules now, it sets up nice for you. And then consider the opposite decision made yesterday by Jason Garrett and the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football in overtime. 
the Cowboys move the ball down the field in Texans territory, fourth and one, another team with a strong running game that utilizes its running back a ton. Todd Gurley with the Rams, Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. And the Cowboys decided to punt the ball back and give it back to Houston. And that had been a lower-scoring game. The Texans' defensive line had held up. I get some of the thinking from Jason Garrett, but that's a spot. Play to win. Play to win the game. Don't play for a tie. Don't play not to lose. And it's the kind of decision that will bite you. And what happens? Houston has a huge play to DeAndre Hopkins, makes number of spins, gets down the field, they kick a field goal and win it. Because the rules favored the offense now. And, and to me, it changes the arithmetic of these decisions. Give yourself a chance. There's nothing wrong with going for it on fourth down. More often than not, far more often than not, you're going to pick it up. And if you're going to trust your defense, how can you trust your defense? Even the best defenses in the league now, they don't dominate. They survive. It's The scoring numbers in the league are through the roof this year. It's up drastically from last season. So you have all of these extra points. The offenses are getting more and more difficult to stop. All of the rules and the rule changes over the years have been in favor of the offenses. You got to adjust if you're a head coach. And times where you would have punted in the past or you would have trusted your defense, you just can't. Your defense can only do so much. It can only survive. There's no defense in the league that is dominating a game that is truly thriving. The Jaguars have a tremendous defense. They're probably the best in the league. And they're going to give up some points. That's going to be part of it. You're not going to be the Rams of 2000. You're not going to be that kind of defense again. The rules don't allow it. So in those key situations, you got to trust your offense sometimes. And the winning teams will do that, like the Rams. And the losing teams like the Cowboys won't. And they won't be very good. And that game had to put a smile on some Giants fans' faces. And I know anytime the Cowboys lose, that's a plus there. But it is amazing how bad the Giants have been. For them to be 1-4, and and you could still look at this division and see how the Giants are in it. Nobody is playing well in the division. The Redskins have the best chance. They're 2-1. and but they're in New Orleans tonight, down 6-3 to three right now in the second quarter. The defending champion Eagles, they have problems. And they're checking in at 2-3. and three. The Cowboys, after their loss yesterday, just 2-3. and three. In that division, it is bad right now. It is absolutely wide open. And so the Giants, even at 1-4... and four, they're not dead. I think they could even lose on Thursday and not be dead. This division is so bad. Don't get me wrong. That's a key game. But we knew the Giants' schedules could be brutal early on. 
And the key for the Giants is how do they handle it? Do they all come apart if they're one and five like they did last year? Or does this team actually have the ability to rally? And they get a rally soon. Uh, it's a tough Thursday night matchup against the Eagles, but they are at home. That's a huge advantage on Thursday night football. If you're going to try to win the division, let's say, and that would appear to be the best ticket to the playoffs in that division, you're probably not going to be a wild card out of the NFC East. Well, you want to have some tiebreakers in your favor, and you got to win the home game against your divisional opponents. Uh, so that's all part of it for the Giants here. But that division, is it's been lousy. It's been underwhelming. So the Giants, for all the problems that they have, for uh, the issues that they have had, for the offensive lack of productivity they've had really until yesterday, and they finally broke thirty the point thirty point plateau. You know, the Giants still hanging around. They still do have some hope, and they got to fix things quickly here. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And we'll we'll see if this Beckham stuff lingers or. You know, if uh, one Eli Manning joke is enough to kind of move it along and, you know, head on to that next game. But a a short week, a lot happening around the Giants and, you know, quite the test for Pat Shermer and company there uh, with the G-Men. That'll do it for our show tonight. Thanks to Mark Craig of The Athletic, Steve Phillips, SiriusXM for joining. We'll have Jim Ducat of SiriusXM SNY, former Mets general manager, on with us tomorrow. For Ray Martell, Mark Wiener, I'm Pete McCarthy. Enjoy your night. Len Berman, Michael Riedel, Rewind is next.